Boy, if the Eagles can come up with their one turnover of the game right here, that would be ceiling. It is second down and two. Brady with White to his right. Brady back again. He steps up, he's hit, and falls forward. He and he fumbles the football, and the Eagles have it. It is recovered by... Yeah, it is recovered by Barnett. 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 Brady fumbles, and Barnett has the ball. They finally hit Brady. They finally hit Tom Brady, and Barnett comes up with the football. Oh, there is that turnover we played for. And the Patriots have only one timeout. Yep. With 2.09 remaining to be played. That sack is good for another $200. Sacks for cash contribution to Philip Uggins from our partner Stankham. The hit, Brandon Graham. When you needed him, he came through. Brandon Graham rips the football out of the hands of Tom Brady. This offense has it. Brotherly Love Sports Podcast. It's a hot day in Philadelphia. It just started raining out of nowhere. You can kind of hear it if you really listen. Eggy, Chris, what's up, boys? Uh, you know, I never thought we would get to 50, uh, 50 episodes. We just gave the listener that 50-piece. Yeah, 50-piece for free. That 50-piece Chicken McNugget. The question is, do you think there's going to be another 50? I'm confident in that. You think so? Yeah. Do you think yeah, the is, listener- that, is that like a... Is that a foreshadowing, Chris, of your impending resignation to the podcast? No, of course not. I'm just, you know, if we did, let's say we do one a year, so another 50, that's like an entire another year. I mean, a lot happens in a year. I know. Well, it's been 50 episodes since we started. It's been 50 Super Bowls since Super Bowl three. We got a special guest today, Super Bowl three winning Ralph Baker. Middle linebacker for the New York Jets joins the podcast. Happy to have Ralph on today, guys. Wait, hold on a second. Could you say that again for, for the people? I don't think they under, understand what they're privy to in this episode. Absolutely. I figured, we all figured, that it would be cool to have 50 episodes be celebrated by the 50-year memorial of Super Bowl Three. right? New York Jets, the JTS Jets, 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 Joe Willie Namath, Broadway Joe, calling the game, upsetting the Colts, Middle linebacker Ralph Baker. He ate dirt. You got exclusive interview access to a former Super Bowl champion? The first Super Bowl champion, as they say, because only the first two were the world championships, as he said. I, I swear to God. So the I, first well, Super right, Bowl champion. But the reason they say that is because the NFL merged, and that's when the first Super Bowl was? Nope. They had had two merged championships before that. They just called it the Super Bowl in 69 for the first time. That's so interesting. Why'd they give those other two championships that Super Bowl one and two? 
I think they just do that like retroactively for continuity. So, I just don't. Whose ass do I have to kiss in this world to get some free me undies or some like? We need some sponsors. This is I know, right? This is quality, is, this quality this stuff. Is cool. This is great stuff. Jeez, Ralph, I, Ralph's I, a central PA guy. I mean, Guys, he played football and then he became a school administrator. That's Isn't so, that crazy? Sounds similar can we to just, you, but can, can we imagine like uh, a guy doing that today? This guy was kind born in 1942. He's 76 years old. Yeah, man, I'm excited. He was. He was. He is. That was a great Penn, interview. He was a Penn State guy. He's from about 30 miles mm-hmm. uh, over, I guess, the mountain from State College in uh, literal Central PA, and you know he's lived there ever since. Played for the JATS Jets Jets Jets, and uh, he's got a. Wicked cool. I never said wicked cool, but for this, I would want to say he's got a wicked cool football card. He does indeed. <laughs> did, you, did you see the Instagram, Chris? I did. That's classic. I thought it was pretty cool. So we're happy to have Ralph today. Ian, what else do we have on the docket? Well, this is a Brotherly Love Sports podcast, so clearly we're going to talk about the Eagles going to the link on Thursday night to face the Atlanta Falcons to open the 2018 NFL season. Gents. If you guys aren't excited at this point, just get the hell out of America. You don't have heart. Yes, considering we're in America. I mean, if you don't like spaghetti and meatballs, why don't you get the hell out? You don't have a pulse. Just get the hell out of America. It's a pretty epic uh, matchup to start the NFL season. I mean, whether or not you're an Eagles fan listening to this, as just a fan of football, to have the Thursday night opening game feature the reigning Super Bowl champions going up against a team in the Falcons that most pundits are expecting to be in the playoffs and maybe make a run at a Super Bowl title this season. So, very excited. Doug Peterson, he's feisty. He's been getting after it with the media. Him and Nick Saban are kind of uh, kind of going, sharing the same... Uh, <laughs> the, sh- the same response tactics to these quarterback questions. He really, really was giving it to the Philly media, but as he should, as he should. And it turns out Nick Foles will be the starter. Um, I'm a little concerned. Are you? I'm a little concerned. I'm not. Did uh, they did they confirm that? Yes, today. Yeah, Nick Foles will be starting. He did not look very sharp in the preseason. I know it's just preseason, but uh, yeah. So. Well, just remember that uh, Nick Foles was 23 for 30, 246 yards against the Falcons in that playoff game. That's a good enough game. Uh, Jay Ajayi had a good game. Alshon's not going to be playing. That is a little bit concerning to me. But I think we can make do. Nelson will be playing. Matt Collins hasn't been ruled out. No. What's going to be funny, though, is, and, you, and mark my words, whether we win or we lose, depending on how the game goes, everyone Friday morning is going to be overreacting in either direction. Absolutely. Like they always do. <laughs> Everyone treats the first game of an NFL season, and then they just get right. All the keyboard warriors, all the reporters bust keyboard out a narrative warriors. about the Eagles. I told you, they, they were resting on their laurels. They didn't take this offseason really. There's no chance they're going to repeat. Or if we have a great game, it's the next dynasty. Will, will Foles continue to start? What's going to happen with Wentz? Is there drama? It's just like nonstop. And you got to remind yourself, do you know who was the opening Thursday night game last year? What it was? Patriots lost. And they got mollywopped by the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. And then the Chiefs ripped off like seven straight. They're the best thing yeah. since sliced bread. And then they faltered down the stretch. And guess what? The team that got blown out, the Patriots, 
They were right there in the Super Bowl, like always. So just pump the brakes, Eagles fans and all other fans of your team, if you don't have a good week one showing. But I can't wait. I'm excited. Well, I think it's pretty much guaranteed that you'll be getting the lip service from 97.5 The Fanatic and 94.1 WIP Friday morning, regardless of what happens. It's either going to be the narrative of, this team's going to repeat for sure. Oh, my God, did you see them last night? They picked up right where they left off. Or it's going to be, you know, the world's going to end. This team's going to not even make the playoffs. So, Ian, you're going to this, correct? I'm going to the game. You're going to the game. Are you, Chris? Um, I might be going. I have a uh, championship uh, men's league basketball game that same evening. <laughs> and um, I, don't, I don't know if the other team's going to show up. So my cousin offered me a ticket to the Eagles game. And I know a lot of you are listening right now and you say, What? How would you ever skip an Eagles game? It's just a stupid men's league. Um, it's not a stupid men's league to me, guys. I didn't think that at all. It's all I have left. Yeah. I'm, I'm clinging on by a thread. <laughs> and any win in a men's league just fills up my cup a little bit to get me through the week. What time's your game? The game is at 8. Oh, my God, dude. That's, that's probably terrible. like the worst time. Right? You better go right like downstairs a, to yeah. Yeah. So tower on Yeah, ride. hop in the Ooh. shower, go right downstairs. I mean, the game's not going to start till 8.45 by the time I do the ring ceremony and the this. Oh, and the kickoffs. It's, yeah, okay. so, I mean, I'm not going to miss any of the game. But Maybe the, DVR it and just, like, skip commercials yeah. and catch up. It would be fun. Actually, it would be fun to go to that game. It's going to be sick. Yeah. I'm getting, Who are you I'm, going with? I'm going with my buddy Kev Agnew. You guys know him well. I don't know Kevin. No. He doesn't know Kev. Um, but we're going to the game. I'm hoping to get out of work a little bit early so I can head down to Xfinity and maybe hit up my uncle or a cousin's uh, tailgate. And then uh, get into the game nice and early because I want to see this banner. What are you going to wear? Like put fun. up in the rafters. What are you going to yeah. wear? You know, I'm not sure. I may wear my white Randall Cunningham jersey, but I don't know because I have a Aguilar jersey. That I, I mean, he was on the Super Bowl team. I just think it would be sweet because there's going to be like a lot of like just like nervous anticipation for the game. Oh, oh yeah, from oh, yeah. from the the players to the you know because that's cool when you can see you know because players are like ah oh, we've been there we've done there well no one's ever been there and done that in this situation so it'd be it's really true. cool to be able to see how the fan, how the players react how the how the coaches react how the fans do so I think it'd be a really fascinating game to go to. Yeah, and you know what I think there's a you know. A lot of question marks for this Eagles team right now, and, and there's a lot of people out. Bradham is serving a suspension for punching that um, hotel clerk in the face. Apparently he deserved oh, I didn't, it, though. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, he punched the hotel. <laughs> Apparently he deserved it. Because <laughs> <laughs> his face looked punchable. <laughs> no, I, I think he like said something disrespectful to like Bradham's girl. And Bradham's like, oh, yeah? Disrespect his mom? I think it was his like, girlfriend or wife. I don't know if he's married or not. But yeah. Regardless... Bradham will be out. We have Alshon Jeffrey. Wait, Nigel, out. he's not playing. He's not playing. Right, damn. We got Carson out. Why is Jeffrey out? Uh, rotator cuff surgery. He's still recovering. Mm-hmm. They probably said that he's not going to come back till like week three or four. He's yeah. good. But yeah, I miss him. The other thing is like, no matter what quarterback starts, it's and it's we're pretty certain it's Foles now. It's going to be a challenging game because if you think about it, Foles has been practicing and playing in preseason games with completely different players. Yeah, People are led to believe that that Sproles is going to get some PT. He hasn't been participating much. Jason Peters, same thing. And the Falcons are really good. That's a high-powered offense. Hell yeah, it is. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, they just got this They're Calvin Ridley guy Calvin. from Bama. Yeah, so it's, 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 yeah. it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I'm like, 8, 820 on Thursday on NBC. Yep. There you go. I'll watch that. 
Yeah. yeah, it should be interesting. What do you guys think? You think we can get the win? Um, you know, it feels weird to pick against uh, the Eagles, but obviously I want them to win. But I just I think there's been too many guys in and out of the lineup where it's don't, not going to be as cohesive, and it's the first game of the season, which often happens a lot of pressure to perform. I think people are going to be uh, kind of trying to do too much in, to an extent, and I could see the Falcons uh, – Putting it on us a little bit, uh, maybe a little late rally, but I hate I hate to do I hate to pick against the birds, but I'm gonna have to go 31 to 24. Falcons. Falcons. Yeah, I don't. I, even though the Falcons never got to the highest level, they've been in that very high level for a few years now. Yeah, and I don't think this moment will scare them in any way. No. What I uh, also don't know is is what I don't know is that how the Eagles will respond to this. Right, so I, I, I'm going to say the Falcons just because uh, logic tells me so. Though logic told me that the Falcons would beat them last time around, and the Eagles won. So uh, yeah, I mean they have some really they have some holes with their injuries, and that's yeah. not that's not going to change. Um, so I think the Falcons win this. Well, I still have nightmares from a couple of years ago when the Eagles got Kiko Alonso and Maxwell and a couple other big names, and, oh, yeah. and the running back. Who's the running back? Uh, DeMarco Murray. Yeah, Murray. And we came into the season feeling hot and feeling good about ourselves. And we opened up the 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 season against Atlanta, and they beat the living yeah. hell out of us. Yeah, that was like a lost year for them. Man. Yeah. That was sad. It's, it's tough. Was sad. But so, what's nice is, though, their next two games are against the Bucks and then the Colts. So, in my head, we get through this stretch 2-1, and one, bring back Ginger Jesus, mm-hmm. Alshon's back, uh... Nigel Brown's back, everyone's yeah, back, the and then we start cruising. So I'm not going to yeah. freak out. As long as we get through these first three games, get Wentz back, two and one, we'll be grouped. Well, we'll call be- me Dr. Optimism, boys, but uh, is that, I... Uh, is that a name? Is that like a phrase? I just made it up. But, uh, <laughs> so people forget, you know, we had a rough preseason. We didn't look so hot. There's a lot of teams that may or may not be ready for this year. Yeah. So uh, who says the Falcons are going to come in hot and rolling? They got beat in the first round of the playoffs last year. Julio Jones dropped a pass to win the game. His confidence, who's, who's to say it's, it's you know, high and rolling? So I'm going to go, we beat, we beat the Falcons in the playoffs 15-10. to 10. Eggy, that's not a high-scoring game. Nope. Chris he has a scoring game, though. Chris has a score in 24 and the Falcons score in 30. I'm going to go. Yeah, it won't be an, super cold, though. So It, it will not be. Go. I'm going to go with another lower scoring game. I'm going to go ahead and say 16 to 10. Eagles win. All right. A lot of field goals. by a point. A lot of field goals. <laughs> 16 yeah. to 10. All right. Well, that's, that's. I hope not. That's a boring game if it's 16 to 10. Yep. I'd rather a lot of field a 31 goals. to 24 game. <laughs> a lot of people go to college for seven years. They're called doctors. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, you say that reminded me of Doctor Optimism. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for our weekly recap of the shit that happened in sixty seconds. NFL: The Raiders traded Khalil Mack to the Bears. Paxton Lynch was released by the Broncos, and the Bills named Nathan Peterman their starting QB while releasing wide receiver Corey Coleman. What a long fall from hard knock stardom just weeks ago. Week one in college football is in the books. Notable winners were Notre Dame over Michigan, Maryland over Texas, Bama over Louisville, and West Virginia over Tennessee. Oh, and despite the saying, Temple football proves that money can't buy you everything as they lost at home to FCS Villanova. V's up, baby. 
Baseball, the Yankees and A's are starting to solidify their spots in the AL wildcard race, while the Brewers and Ukraine Cardinals occupy those spots in the NL. The up-and-down Phillies start a series in Miami in search of much-needed victories to stay in playoff contention. And in the NBA, the Spurs we have come to know and love are no more as Manu Ginobili announced his retirement. Also, the Lakers got out of the black hole. That was Luol Deng's contract with a buyout of the 33-year-old forward. That was the shit that happened this week. All right, well, let's get right into our next segment. I'm going to go ahead and give my beers for the boys to Ralph Baker, 76-year-old from central Pennsylvania, Super Bowl three champion, linebacker, used to eat dirt. The kind of guy that you just, you know, when you think of football, you think of a guy like Ralph Baker, who was not scared to stick his helmet right into the chest of another player. A guy who was fearless on the field. You know, head injuries weren't even a thing back then. These guys were eating metal, eating glass. Eats metal. Yeah. Interesting. You say anything. Yeah, they were just they monsters. Crazy intestinal fortitude. Exactly. Eat anything. So, so, Ralph, thank you for coming on the podcast, the Brotherly Love Sports Podcast. Appreciate you. Cheers. That's a good one. Do you? I guess mine. I'll go next. I was. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll crack mine. Um, it's going out to the, the lovable lefty from Argentina who uh, just hung up the old uh, Nikes, uh, mm-hmm. and that's the dear old Manu Ginobili. Uh, anyone who plays sports knows that it's always hard to cover a lefty. They just are a little craftier. They're coming at you from a different angle. The shots in a different pocket. It's just you know it's uh, it's always it's always a little uh, challenging. And uh, I just love watching him play. The sports have always been boring, boring as hell actually. But Manu was that one little bit of spice that you could at least enjoy. Was uh, was he the creator of the Eurostep? Um, a lot of people do say that he was uh, the creator of the Eurostep. So the it's James the Hardens, the, yeah, if not the professor, so the James Harden of the world can uh, thank him. People forget about how great he was internationally yeah. when Argentina won. I believe was it the Olympics or the FIBA? Yeah, remember when they yeah, beat them they in beat, 04? Yeah, beat the U.S. He, I just saw somebody say that he had more points in that game than like Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant combined. Wow. So he's a stud. He will be missed. Um, but he, I'm sure he'll have a lovely retirement. I'm sure he's got some like smoking hot Argentinian wife. Yeah. Probably likes wine. Maybe uh-huh. has like a shareholding in a large uh, beef ranch. As here, uh, like the, in the, Argentina. The, yeah, the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ranch beef in Argentina apparently is amazing. I've yeah. always wanted to go enjoy some wine and some nice red meat. Yeah. A lot of Italians immigrated down to Argentina, I believe. A lot of Nazis, too. Yes. Yeah. That's that new movie uh, uh, that just came out. Yep. Yeah, just recently. But uh, but yeah, man. Cheers, man. We'll sadly miss the uh, the grocery store commercials from the Spurs. You yeah, guys ever watch those? Those are oh, those, those are, are pretty good. So you now have Duncan, uh, Ginobili, Parker, and Kawhi Leonard all gone, and Matt Bonner's not even there. They don't have anybody to do these commercials anymore. They all Obi Wan Ginobili, one of the craftiest guards to ever play the game. He surely will be missed. Yes. Yep. Uh, my beer goes to and guys. I never thought I would ever compliment Nick Saban, but. Here's to you, Mr. Saban, because I'm going to give you my beer. And uh, I just appreciate Nick Saban's response to uh, the questions that he kept getting about the quarterback situation in Alabama. All right, Coach, everyone had questions about who was going to start at quarterback when this game started. What answers did you have about your quarterbacks after watching both of them play tonight? 
Well, I still like both guys. I think both guys are good players. I think both guys can help our team. All right, so why do you continually try to get me to say something that doesn't respect one of them? I'm not going to, so quit asking. It was getting me worked up, guys. It was giving me, can you give me one minute about it? Time me? Give me a minute? Sure. Cut me off? It was a bad question. The, the reporters today are saying that Nick Saban got mad. He snapped even at the, at the reporter. 30 seconds before kickoff, the reporter asked him a bad question. It's a bad question because the answer to the question was self-evident, meaning all we had to do was allow our lives to be lived and time to go off of a clock, and we would find the answer to the question. So one would have to wonder, why would the question be asked? Well, it was to undermine what you were doing, Nick, undermine Alabama football. So I very much agree with the fact that Alabama, through Nick Saban, was doing the right things by defending the decisions that he made. Because it was a dumb question to ask 30 seconds before kickoff, and it was a stupid question to ask right after the, right after the game ending because both of them were these, self, these self-evident answers. All right, so that's why it was a bad question, and the reporter really pissed me off when she went on to Twitter and said, oh, don't mind me, I'm just doing my job. Give me a break, man. Reporters, if you want respect, stop trying to, to throw people under the bus. Do, what you, do your job and stop asking questions that you know the answer to. Otherwise, you have to assume the worst. They're trying to get the worst out of you. Was that a minute? It yeah. was less. Yeah. Actually, now it was a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. Uh, I think Nick Saban is... Uh, a bit of a, a doucher. Couldn't agree more. He is a huge doucher. <laughs> but, yes. but yeah, the reporters like have a little creativity, have a little, uh, you know, do a little research, and maybe, uh, as you, to your point, wait and just allow the events to unfold. And I don't know if obviously you know he's going to react that way, and everyone's asked the same question. I don't know. Maybe try and do a different angle. There's a lot of different aspects of the game that can be talked about, and so I agree with you. But. I still think Nick Saban's a douchebag. If you want to be Big Bad Wolf, why don't you come up to the NFL, where the real big men play? No, I left mid-season, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so. so yeah, because I, I will never, like, I never, ever thought I'd defend Nick Saban, because I don't think he's as good a coach as everyone says he is, especially with that whole Miami. Oh, what Miami? Well, yeah, when yeah. you left mid-year. But, I mean, this, I don't know. This, this stuff, it's, it's real. It's real, like, with reporters and stuff. You know, people, they try to do their job, and I feel like they're trying to be undermined uh, by by certain things, you yeah. know what I mean. So I, I, I got that made me that made me all riled up, Ian. Hey man. So my beers to Nick Saban, the one and only, one and only beer for him. Well, Eggy, why don't you introduce Ralph since you did the interview? Sure. What do you have? Nice. So uh, Ralph Baker played eleven seasons with the New York Jets from nineteen sixty four to nineteen seventy four. He competed in 142 games. He's actually uh, tops in interceptions from a linebacker. Uh, That's one of the uh, most games ever played by a New York Jet from that position. He was a starter that day in Miami at Super Bowl III um, as the Jets won their one and only Super Bowl. And it was the AFL's first Super Bowl as the NFL and AFL merger had occurred just a couple years earlier. And he is regarded as many, uh, by a lot of media publications as one of the top Jets of all time. Uh, we're going to jump into our interview here in a moment. Well, this is Ralph speaking uh, mid-sentence here, going into his, his days at Penn State. We talked about a number of things, him playing at Penn State, uh, his situation and his experience as a New York Jet. He reflected on the Super Bowl and football as a whole. So this is uh, us getting into the conversation right away. And here's Ralph talking about his experience while playing for the historic coach in Joe Paterno. And Joe Paterno was one of them. Uh, 
we actually didn't even have offensive and defensive coordinators. Uh, but I guess if if you had to say there was an offensive coordinator, it would have been Joe Paterno, and probably on defense it would have been uh, Jim O'Hara, who was our line coach. Um, so uh, other than that, and uh, you know, now nowadays uh, the game is a lot more specialized than what it was then. But back when I played, there were some really quirky rules. Uh, number one, you could only go in like once in a quarter. So you had to play both ways. Uh, I was an offensive center and a, a defensive linebacker. And then later on, they come up with a wild card idea where one guy could go in more than once in a quarter. But uh, it, it was quite different than what it is now. And I'm sure you get those questions a lot, you know, foreshadowing you know, some of the questions I had, you know, what are the biggest differences that you see in the game today? Um, but sticking with Penn State, you were a Central PA guy. You're from Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Is that correct? No, Lewistown. Lewistown. Ah, see, see, that's why. That's why I asked. So I'm, I'm, I'm messing up on my research here, Ralph. So Lewistown. We're we're just right over the mountain from Penn State, uh, okay. thirty miles away. All right. So that was a big determinant in, in you going there. Were, were you considering other places to go, or was it all Happy Valley the whole time? Uh, I had some other, uh, scholarship offers, but nothing really, uh, major, uh, Penn State was the only real major school that, uh, that, uh, offered me a scholarship. But actually, we had another kid on our team that was, uh, All-State, and he was the one that drew most of the attention, uh, and he ended up going to Iowa. Now, now, Ralph. That, that's your college career. You're moving into the NFL in the mid-1960s. Can you paint me a picture of the mid-1960s era NFL? Because to me, I don't know, I think you guys, you ate dirt when you wanted to, and you had an injury when a bone was sticking out of your life. That's that's how I see it, man. You, am, am I seeing it right? Do you have to set me straight? What, what was the game like when you were getting into the NFL at that time? Well, first of all, I wasn't getting into the NFL. I was getting into the AFL. There were two separate leagues, and, uh, you know, they they had two drafts at that time. I was drafted in the NFL by uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and I, I was drafted in the AFL by the uh, New York Jets. And I elected to sign with the uh, AFL Jets uh, primarily because they didn't really have any real good – uh, linebackers. They had one real top-notch linebacker, and so it, it just looked like the opportunities were a lot greater for me in the AFL, and that's why I went there. Okay, and so you played a couple years in the AFL, and then the merger occurs for that 1967 season. Super Bowl one comes up. Was that a you know was was that something that of course you know your team was talking about that you got shot for? Um, because what what were some of the dynamics between the two leagues? It seems like there was a little bit of like condescension from the NFL in apparent, in, you know, in comparing the AFL. Uh, what, what was that like? Oh yeah, well, very definitely. Uh, you know, the AFL was looked upon as an inferior league, and and we were in many aspects. I mean, I, I remember like the, the Boston Patriots. Uh, you know, they never really had a stadium. They played in a college field one year. They played in Fenway Park another year. Uh, and actually uh, in 1968, the year we won the uh, 
ended up winning the uh, championship in the Super Bowl. Uh, they we played them down in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, you know, they we went down there uh, because of Namath, and uh, uh, it was a home game for Boston in Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, yeah. You know, and, and like a lot of our games in New York were scheduled on Saturday nights. We put we played a lot of Saturday night games because they they didn't want to go up against the Giants uh, because you know the Giants own New York and uh, they were trying to get get every fan they could. So we played on uh, Saturday nights. Yeah, and that's and that's fascinating. I feel like some of those dynamics like still persist today, even as they're sharing MetLife Stadium. Um, you know, you talk to a lot of people from New York. They, they like talk about the Giants. Um, now, now talk about playing in New York. Uh, your quarterback and Joe Nemeth, he seemed to epitomize the glitz and glamour of the stage, and he kind of went down history as that. Um, was it that now you didn't have a frame reference otherwise? But how did you handle playing in New York? And do you believe it was simply different than playing elsewhere? Well, I, again. Uh, we were very fortunate. Like the year I came in 1964, and that was the year that the uh, the first year that the Jets played in Shea Stadium. So we were, you know, one of the probably one of the kingpin uh, teams in the AFL uh, because we had a brand new uh, stadium. The only problem was uh, the Mets, the New York Mets baseball team had the uh, first rights to the stadium. So <laughs> we were never allowed to play there when uh, be on the field when the baseball season was going on. And uh, um, so we, we had a lot of road games early in the year because we couldn't get into our own stadium. But uh, uh, other than that, uh, you know, it worked out pretty good. We, we probably drew the biggest crowds in the – in the AFL at that time, uh, because of playing on Saturday nights and all. And, uh, so playing in New York was pretty good, except, you know, a lot of people would come up to you and say, oh yeah, I went to the Jets game, but I only go there because I can't get tickets for the Giants game, you know. <laughs> so we were, we were definitely the second class citizens in New York, yeah. but, uh, uh, until we ended up, uh, winning the championship in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you got us there. Now, now take us through that, that run off the Super Bowl three. It seemed like a, the storylines, especially, you know, as you played the Raiders in the AFC Championship game or AFL Championship and then played the Super Bowl itself, it was very compelling. So your defense was incredibly solid. You had won a huge game against the Raiders leading up to Super Bowl three. What was the atmosphere like going into Miami? Because it seemed like it was that classic motif of the NFL versus the little brother of the AFL. The Jets, I think, it, it said they were like 18-point favorites of some sort. Uh, Don Shula had said that they were one of the best defenses in the Colts that he had ever seen. What, what was the atmosphere like going into it, being a true underdog? Because these people in Philly today, Ralph, they say they were underdogs this last Super Bowl. They, they weren't underdogs. I mean, this, this, is, this seems like a true underdog situation. Am I seeing it correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We... Uh... Well, again, you know, they, this was the um, third Super Bowl game played. Actually, the first two were called the World Championship. They weren't even called Super Bowl. We were 
the, the game we played was the first one that was truly called a Super Bowl, but they they made it Super Bowl three. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, they uh, because the NFL had won the first two uh, very compellingly, uh, you know, uh, and and Baltimore had. I think they only lost one game that year. Uh, people, you know, definitely thought that we were going to get crushed again, uh, just like the other two teams had done. And uh, we had a very good uh, defensive team. We had a lot of good players. Uh, the Jets went out uh, and got, you know, at that time it was kind of a war going on between the AFL and the NFL for players. And, uh we had gotten a lot of good players. We had as good a defensive line as there was, but it was hard to compare teams at that time because, like I said, there were two separate leagues, and so the AFL never played any NFL teams. The NFL never played any AFL teams. Uh, and I, I know myself, uh, when after we beat the Raiders in the championship game, and I had heard that the uh, Colts had won their game uh I think it was 34 to nothing against Cleveland in the championship. Uh, you know, I thought that, man, <laughs> we're, we're going to be in for a, a tough day uh, in the Super Bowl. But then after you start studying films and all, you, you see that, uh, you know, they're good, but, you know, they're not uh, unbeatable and all. And, uh, you know, we just kind of took it from there. Yeah, yeah, and and it's funny. I, I had a question about your thoughts going into the game as well. So you thought you might have an uphill battle uh, just looking at the Colts. Now, what were your thoughts after your starting quarterback guaranteed a win versus this team? Well, <laughs> I, you know, we was all, all our coach Weave Eubank always preached to us that uh, you never give the opponents any what he called billboard material. You know, don't. Yeah. Don't get them all. Don't let them. Uh, don't build them up uh, with the quotes in the paper and all. And so uh, the morning I woke up and was at breakfast and picked up the newspaper and saw that Joe had guaranteed a victory. Uh, and said, "Oh my goodness, you know, here we go again. We're going to be talking to us for an hour about uh, keeping our mouths shut and don't, you know, don't pump them up or anything." But. Uh, uh, it ended up working out well. Actually, it worked in our favor because I think some of us, anybody that had any doubts, uh, we we definitely knew who our leader was. And uh, when he guaranteed the victory, I think everybody jumped the board uh, that that had any doubts at all, and uh, we just took it from there. Yeah, and I, I could just, as your coach was saying, no billboards here. I could just see Namath in the back, maybe wearing a fur coat, kicking back and just shaking his head. <laughs> but you guys, uh, you came into that game, you started off well, your defense played great, you shut the Colts out in the first half, and it was only, uh, United that came in later, he had a touchdown for them, but you won 16 to 7, um, it was the AFL's first Super Bowl victory. So many questions from that game, but what was it like, uh, you know, a guy like Johnny United, um, you know, playing, he had, had retired a few years later. He barely played, it seemed, that year due to some elbow soreness. Uh, what was it like playing against, you know, that kind of quarterback, um, a guy that's gone down as, as one of the best ever? Well, you know, he, Johnny actually hadn't played much uh, all season. Earl Morrill had, was the one who uh, 
uh, played uh, the majority of the season and uh, got up to the championship and through the championship game. And, of course, he started the game. And uh, when, when Johnny came in, I mean, you, you could definitely tell that, you know, he had arm trouble. His balls didn't say, uh Sail like they they normally did and all, but he still uh, he was an inspiration to their team and uh, he he had one good drive and then that ended up in an interception and then uh, and they uh, they finally did drive he finally did lead the team down and uh, get that one score and and then they did an onside kick and <laughs> got the ball back uh, so it got a little. Uh, Got a little uh, too close uh, for comfort uh, near the end of the game, but uh, his last couple of passes fell incomplete, and we ended up, uh, you know, victorious. Absolutely, and, and it's really amazing. And I think uh, just being able to do some research on my part about this game just reminds me of how much the game has changed, Ralph, and especially from the fans and viewers' perspective. I mean, it's amazing. I, I love to hear your comments and stuff, and. I just want to know, like, you, how fascinated or, or what are your thoughts on how the game is shown today? Because reading articles about your game, it seems like being black, the game's being blacked out, left and right where it's huge thing. I mean, you're talking about trying to find stadiums for the game. I mean, the ubiquitous central uh, position that the NFL holds right now is pretty amazing, and their money seems to be generated uh, almost, you know, entirely in some, in some respects from television. How, how do you think that has changed, or, or how do you perceive the way that that's changed over the years? Oh, well, yes, uh, TV uh, has definitely changed, you know. And then, of course, we didn't have, like, Monday night games, Thursday night games, anything like that. Now, you know, now you can almost uh, – well, actually, with the football, uh, the NFL, uh, yeah, the NFL Network, you can turn on and watch a football game every day of the, the week, uh, you know, because they – do the reruns and all that, and uh, you know, back then, uh, you, you didn't have ESPN and uh, running through all the highlights, and uh, it's just the television has completely changed everything and put so much uh, more money in the uh, in all the owners' pockets and all, uh, and, and the players too. I mean, you know. Uh, what uh, what they get for one game check was our whole uh, whole season <laughs> salary uh, and then some. I mean, their pocket change is probably more than my salary most years. So uh, it, it's it's an entirely different now. Yeah, and just this past all season, you have a wide receiver, an offensive and defensive tackle signing historic contracts uh, with large sums of guaranteed money. Um, but but that's amazing. I mean, how do you see the game now? I think, you know, the way that television dominates the game is a, is a big change in that. When you watch the Jets or the Disney Lions, are, are you seeing the same game that you play? Oh, no, not at all. You know, to me, actually, when I started with the uh, AFL uh, Jets, our team roster was 33. Now I use uh, I believe it's 54 or something like that. So, you know, I told Houston Junk, he, uh, he would say, the more things you can do, the better chance you have. If you can change the light bulb, you might make the team, you know. <laughs> you had to play, uh, you always uh, played your normal position, like I was a linebacker, but also 
occasionally you might even practice offense uh, in case somebody went down because you, you didn't have a lot of backup linemen or anything. Uh, and, and for sure, you were on special teams. But now, you know, most guys, they play either offense or defense. And in some cases, like linebackers, they have linebackers that only play on rundowns, and then the others that only play on pass downs, and uh, and for sure they're usually not on special teams. So uh, in, in that respect, just the number of players on a team is so much different, and, and the specialty, you know, being a specialty player as opposed to playing every down. I mean, we we played uh, every down, and usually on fourth down when they punted the ball, you were still in the game there. Yeah, nobody is anymore. Absolutely, it's amazing. I mean, I'm the youngest of five kids. My two older brothers played college football, and so I watched college football up close and personal for 10 years. So the college football that I watched was from an offensive lineman's perspective. And that game is very different than the rest of the game itself. So specialization seems to be a huge thing, and it's really amazing to see how much it's changed. Um, but, Ralph, we'll, we'll get you out of here in a moment. Um, I don't want to keep you too long. I do have some rapid-fire questions for you, if you will humor me. Um, all you have to do, I'll give you a few questions. If you just give me the first person that, or, or first word that pops into your head, um, I, I'm very curious to hear what you think. Um, so, so, are you game? I'm game. Uh, I, I don't guarantee the answers, but I'm game. Go ahead. All right. Best quarterback you ever played against? Actually, uh, I would say Joe Namath. Uh, you know, I never played a, against him in a game, but in practice, you know, I, I enjoy practice every day. I, I, it was always a challenge. Absolutely, you got to perform, man. Best running back. Well, different different classes, you know. But OJ Simpson was probably the best uh, all around. Uh, but. Buffalo had a big uh, fullback named Cookie Gilchrist, and he was 254 pound uh, uh, running back in those days. Uh, and that, you know that was quite different than what uh, anybody else had. That's a football name there, Ralph Cookie, man. <laughs> Most memorable yeah, right. <laughs> Most memorable coach you were playing for or against? Uh, well, I think both. Both my coaches, Rip Angle and Weeb Eubank. I mean, Weeb Eubank for sure because you know, he's one of the only coaches that – I guess he was the only coach to win a, a championship in both the old NFL and the old AFL. Okay. These are some one-word answers for you. One word to sum up playing in New York. Fantastic. One word to describe the game today. Specialties. And lastly, uh, this could be a this could be a sentence. Where will football be in twenty years? Uh, with all the head injuries and the problems with the national anthem and all, I just hope it's still around. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Ralph Breaker, the Brotherly Love Sports Podcast. We are so indebted to uh, to have you on the program. We appreciate it. I appreciate, uh, you know, what you've done. I understand you were a teacher after you finished up playing. Is that correct? Yeah, I taught school, and I, I ended up being a principal in a junior high school. Uh, I was a school administrator when I retired. That's, that's pretty amazing to me. I, I don't know how many guys uh, today would be <laughs> – 
go to go and be a school principal is after. So um, I, I appreciate uh, everything that I've heard and and you know your time today. Um, I hope it was fun for you. I hope I didn't recycle too many questions. I know the Jets are celebrating 50 years uh, for the Super Bowl. Do you, do you have some uh, fun plans for the coming year with the New York Jets and the NFL? Well, actually, they're they're putting together a reunion of our team. Uh, I believe it's October 13th uh, when the <clears throat> excuse me when the Jets play um, actually the Indianapolis Colts, but uh, they they do play the Colts and. Uh, it's in New York, and uh, unfortunately, uh, a number of our players have uh, gone to a better place at this time, but uh, for those remaining Jets, uh, most of them will be there. Uh, I think there are a couple that can, can no longer travel, but uh, most of the remaining Jets uh, from our team will be there. Well, that's amazing, and congratulations to you guys. I'm, I'm sure that will be a really special time. Um, I wish you nothing but the best going forward, and I hope to meet you uh, sometime in the future. Um, the next time I come around Central PA, I'd love to meet you in person, Ross. So thanks, thanks again, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your year. Okay, thank you. All right, Ralph, take care. Bye now. All right, great. Thanks again, Ralph Baker, for coming on the Brotherly Love Sports Podcast. We appreciate you. Great interview, Eggy. I think that was – we say it every time. Maybe, yeah, dig yourself this time. <laughs> maybe the best interview we've had yet on the on the yes. What what Here's stuck the, out to you? What stuck out to you guys? Everything. <laughs> I just I would say what I was thinking uh, interesting and just mind blowing is when he was talking about the specialization and just when you take into account that a lot of these guys played on both sides of the ball yeah. and that just seems like unfathomable nowadays. Like. Yeah. And I feel like it, that's in all sports, the specialization. Like, mm-hmm. um, not as many jack of all trades type guys. So, and just the toughness of that era, and like the fact that he didn't, he's not a millionaire. He's had to go work. A lot of these guys had to work another job. He had to go become a, a school administrator. So, just a, a a lot of not that the players nowadays don't have passion because I think they do as well. But that's a whole different level of passion when you're not making as much money. The accommodations aren't what they are now, and you're still going out there and. Uh, and putting your life on the line because it sounds crazy to say, but literally, as we've seen, some pretty scary accidents. So, yeah, just a, a man's man. Pretty epic to hear him talk about guys like Joe Namath, who are absolutely legendary and kind of have that picture in your head as he's talking through some of that, you know? Yeah. Joe Namath showing up in a fur coat. <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah. Yeah, that, that was funny when you said that. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, like Joe Namath was known as a partier, so his coach. You know, saying that they they didn't want billboard material, pretty ironic because the Eagles putting up that billboard out in New England saying, you know, Eagles Super Bowl champions, whatever, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Kind of ironic in my eyes. But, yeah, Joe Namath didn't give a shit. He was like, you know, we're going to go out, we're going to win this game. He called a shot like Babe Ruth. You never heard of the Sultan of Swat? The Titan of Terror. The Colossus of Clout? The Colossus of Clout. The King of Crash, man. And he delivered. Yeah, I thought it was sweet. I mean, the coolest thing that, like, I didn't mean to say this to date Ralph, but I, you know, I, I was like, you know, you, you were part of the history of the game. You and Ralph and, are dating? Yes. <laughs> 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 Um, but but seriously, you know, being a history nerd, I was like, ah, oh, well, I, I want to see how this guy's experience really paints pictures, paints a picture of what the game was and how it's changed to today. And I think, you know, of course, he spoke about specialization, but I wanted him to particularly ask about like television and media because as I was doing research on the game and Super Bowl three in particular, 
they kept lacking these games out. So nobody watched the AFL championship against the Raiders. They they turned it off for like a movie. Why? Because they weren't they were they weren't getting the perceived uh, ratings that they wanted. So blackouts were a huge thing at that time, and nobody was watching these games. Yeah, like the NBA Finals wasn't like uh, yeah. wasn't uh, broadcast live until maybe like the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, even, even maybe before that. Like yeah, because people they were just always recorded because they gave the viewers. Yeah, and it reminded me of like when when the NCAA like started getting their TV contracts. They were afraid that you know television it wasn't going to be a good medium for for doing the game. It was going to discourage people from wanting to go to them. Yeah. Instead, people were going to just want to watch the game on television. And, and I don't know if that was still a part of it, but it was just cool to see, like, the things that he talked about that were his daily experience are just, like, complete anomalies today. Not having a game on TV, having to go other places to play the game. You know, like, the, the Mets are in town, and they have to go to, like, he mentioned they played the um, they, they played a game in Alabama. Yeah, like, having, you know, like because Birmingham. another sport was going, they'd have to play all of their away games at the beginning of the season. Yeah. That stuck out yeah. to me. That was pretty crazy. And and one thing that was cool was the two leagues. I thought, I thought you know, even though the merger eventually occurred and, and it kind of dissipated that whole thing, to have a whole, talk about storylines, this underdog little brother in the AFL that was apparently, you know, going to get its butt kicked by the NFL. Um, I think that makes, if you place yourself in the story, that makes uh, name its call like all the more outrageous. I mean, eighteen point underdogs. Your quarterback comes out and says that. I could only imagine what the Colts and everybody was thinking. I mean, hell, Ralph even said it. He was like, "We're going to be in trouble." I didn't appreciate you saying that the Eagles were not true underdogs. <laughs> I know. Taking I don't down, care. I don't care if you appreciate it or not. Taking down Tom Brady and one That's of the a true underdog, though. That's a true underdog. Going against one of the greatest quarterbacks <laughs> and one of the greatest coaches ever is not. It's a different kind, man. Different kind. All right, whatever. Uh, All right. Well, true again, awesome interview by Ralph Baker. Good job, Eggy. Let's go in to the final NFL rundown. Obviously, the NFL season starts on Thursday night with the Eagles facing against the Atlanta Falcons. So we're going to do the last remaining 17 teams that we haven't done yet. Jesus, we really did not uh, think. We're going to do the rest of the 25 teams. We need. When we, yeah, when we originally were like, oh, we'll do like one NFL preview a week. It'll be great. It'll be right in time for the NFL season. It's perfect. But uh, we did not really calculate the amount of weeks and the amount of teams. So, to Ian's point, yes, I guess we're just going to rip through them. Yeah, we're going to do a little NFL rundown game where we're going to give each other some riddles, some true or false, some multiple choice questions, and see you know what we can really do. I think it'll be good for people because I know for me, obviously I know a lot about the Eagles, but I don't know what the hell's going on with the Bills. I don't know what's going on with the Dolphins. So... Take, we did both so those teams. T- to the listeners, to the listeners, <laughs> take this as an opportunity to you know beef up on your knowledge before the season starts. So when you're uh, having conversations at your local watering hole, you don't come off as a jamope, and you can uh, talk you know intelligently about uh, the league as a whole. Now it's time for the NFL 2018 team rundown. All right, yeah, let's, uh, let's break them out. All right, well, I'm going to go first, and this one's for Chris, and then we'll rotate along. Chris will have one for Aggie, Aggie will have one for me. We'll keep going. 
Okay. So here's the first one. And whoever Chris gets the most at the end wins. wins. Yeah. Okay. Chris, the rules. Which of the following is not true? The Colts have two Super Bowls in team history. The stadium name is the Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts were 11 and 5 in back-to-back years in 2013 and 14, but haven't had a winning season since. Andrew Luck originally hurt his shoulder in 2013. Jesus Christ, I can't, I, can't remember, I can't remember all these things. This is like the SAT, like, Jesus. it's gone all the way down to F. Well, I was hoping you'd just be like, this one's not true as I say. Uh, they have more than two Super Bowls. That is false. They have two Super Bowls. Shit! <laughs> the Colts moved from Baltimore to Indy in 84. I had 90 on here, but it didn't get a chance to say that. Oh, damn. All and, right. And my, I, don't, I don't recall, I can't. My, That's okay. I'm a visual learner. I have to look at the question. I can't remember things in the past. Write it out on a whiteboard next time. We that was this. a long one. That was <laughs> a long one. All, All right, right, Chris, what do you got for you, man? All right, I got one for you. you got, what do you got, cards? Am, am I letting him know? Ian's, Ian's are on flashcards. Yeah, I, um, I'm, uh, I do mine on my notes on my phone. Mine's on my computer. Here you go. Name <laughs> the quarterback in the NFL who has the current longest active winning streak. Uh, and his team is located in the state of California. Is it Jared Goff? No, sir. Ah. They lost in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it would be Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo has never lost as a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. So I was like, he is five and zero. He is five and zero. Oh, he's, okay. He's, he's actually played for them. He's actually never. Cool. Lost a game cool, cool. starting quarterback. That would be Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo, who's leading the San Francisco 49ers, who a lot of people is a sexy pick to sneak into the postseason, perhaps. I don't see it. I don't think they have the weapons, but... Dang, I knew that. I All do right. like Jimmy G. All right, that's a, that was a tough one, man. Kind of a trick question. Yep, yeah, I'm a tricky guy. All right, all right, nice. Ian, mine's more of a riddle, okay? okay. Uh, kind of. It's a team. All right, you got to name the team. Okay. All right. Uh, you got like 10 seconds to name it, right? It's time. All right, just ask right. I can run a 100-meter dash in 10 seconds. Yeah, I mean, Ian, most of the time we play in London, but last year we nearly got to stay here in the U.S. and play in Minnesota. Who are we? Jags. <laughs> you need 10 seconds. You like that, Chris? Is that a good question? Jags. We play them in London this year. That, that's yes, correct. We do. That's going to be pretty epic. That's correct. All right, this one's for Chris. Roses are red, Panthers aren't blue. Cam Newton is huge, and Luke Kuechly is cute. The challenge flag is red. Greg Olson likes to chew. Guess the Panthers' record last year or chug your brew. Oh, what a, a witty little limerick. <laughs> um, the Panthers' record last year. Poetry. So I do believe that they were in a, I think three teams had double-digit wins in their division. I think, and they did not make the playoffs. So I do believe I'm, I have them at 10-6 and six last year. 11 and 5, the Panthers. Fuck! <laughs> so close. Wait, so the Saints, Panthers, and who? And the Falcons all and the Falcons had double digits. Yeah. That was a good Wow, division, I man. thought they were 10 and 6. Damn, 11 and 5. Dude, <laughs> Chris, you really blew that one, man. Uh, it's tough. All right, what do you have for me? I'm ready. Right, I got one for you. All right, so another team we've yet to discuss. Also in the same division, the uh, NFC West. <laughs> oh, okay, don't give it away. So, don't give it away. True. Or false. Pete Carroll is older than Brett Brown. True. 
Correct. Ah. Do you want to get an extra sprinkles? Tell me how old he is. He's older than what people think. That's he's like in his the, late 60s. That's the point of his question. The motherfucker yeah. is 66. Yes, he's, he is he's older, older than we think. Pete Carroll's been around in a lot of places. And, oh, what's this? Oh, a bonus one, one for you. <laughs> okay. Russell Wilson threw 34 touchdown passes last year. That's pretty good, right? Name the quarterbacks that threw more. Oh, man. 34? Yeah. How many are there? Can't tell you. Ah, really? Give me that. No hint. This is kind Le- of a tough. One. Less than, less than, less this than three. Kind of a tough one. Less than three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, how about Tom Brady? Nope. No. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Nope. I'll just stop the charade right now. He okay. led the league. No one threw more touchdown passes uh, 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 than dude. Russell Wilson, which dude, is shocking to me. Again, man, you can't do that. Pretty shocking, but yeah, Russell you Wilson had thirty-four too. touchdown passes last year. So is that league leading? He was one more than our boy Carson Wentz, who had thirty-three. Who was 33. the MVP of the NFL? Uh, Tom Brady, I think they gave to him. Really? Yeah, because Wentz was out. So it was Wilson, Brady, and Wentz were kind of like the three. three uh, of the, but I, I was surprised to find yeah, out that he well, had the most touchdown passes. Cool. He's a hell of a player, that Russell Wilson. He nice. is. Man. Good, uh, good reference. Russell Wilson got an Eminem song. Um, yeah. And Rihanna. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson going way back. Yeah. Good work. Good work on that, Pete Carroll. Yeah. He's Thank a you. sneaky old guy. He is. Yeah. All right. So, Ian, uh, another riddle kind of thing for a team. One of the moons of Saturn. We're not quite the Colossus our name may suggest. Who are we? One of the moons of Saturn. We're not quite the Colossus. Our name may suggest. Oh, I got it. Colossus of Clout? Colossus of Clout. I have no clue. What, what is it? Fine. AFC team. Chargers? <clears throat> Titans. Uh, Titan. Titan is a moon in Saturn and Colossus. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Dude, the, the hints are in the... Chris, you got it. Chris got it. It was over your head. I don't know. I just was expecting like sports related yeah, reels yeah. and questions. <laughs> that had nothing to do with it. I went a different direction with these guys. Right. This so. one's for Chris. What team am I? Last season I went eleven and five. It was my first winning season since two thousand three. I lost in the wild card playoff game. My mascot is typically five to six feet tall, is known for fighting its own kind, and is a herbivore. I had a new head coach last season. New head coach, eleven and five, lost in the playoffs. Wild card playoffs. Wild card playoffs. Five five to six feet tall. Herbivore. Uh, why can I not think why can I not is that, is that what you said herbivore? Yeah, yeah, why can I not think of <laughs> the, who was in the playoffs last year? Um Herbivore. Stegosaurus? Um, Sauropod? I don't know. They're known for fighting each other. Known for fighting each other. Uh, I don't know. What is it? The Rams. Ah, oh, the Rams. <laughs> Lebanon 5. <laughs> yeah. Five to six feet tall. They're actually like sheep, basically. Yeah, Rams are interesting yeah. animals, man. Wow. Yeah, that, was a, that was a good one. I should have gotten yeah. that. Have you guys ever seen Brother Bear? You ever no. see that Disney movie? And there, there's a scene where there's like two Rams, and they're like, why I oughta? And they're like, they hit each other, and like, oh, that hurt. Yes, check it out. It's so it out. Yeah. I've got one for you though now, another question. Alright. Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. rookie sensation for the New Orleans Saints, yep. who was talking very greasy about the Eagles recently. Which of these schools did he not attend? Georgia, Alabama, 
Hutchinson Community College, Tennessee. Georgia. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> he actually began no. his, I did a little research. He actually began his career at Alabama, Alabama right? where he yep. suffered a knee injury, had to redshirt, apparently butted heads with Saban. Uh, Saban wouldn't even let him attend the bowl game. Like he, a ram. Yep. He had to transfer to Hutchinson Community College where he played fantastic, and then he was picked back up by Tennessee. He's from the state of Georgia, was Mr. Football in Georgia, but did not stay in state. Wasn't he on last chance you? <laughs> he might have been. So, yeah, Alvin Kamara for the Saints. That's good. I, all right. I'm two for two. You're doing well. All right. Uh, you're Ian, two for three. Okay, Ian. You're going to be one for three here in a second. You ready? Yep. Our most impactful QB calling the shots doesn't wear a jersey, but a suit every Sunday. It's a team. Uh-huh. Our most impactful quarterback calling the shots... Doesn't wear a jersey anymore, but a suit every Sunday for the same team that he played for. Uh, oh, Broncos, John Elway. There you go, man. Nice. Yeah, all right. That's deductive reasoning right there. Nice. I almost thought John Lynch and the Niners. That's a good one. All right, this one's for Chris. The question mark is Mitchell Trubinsky. Kevin White is as fast as a jet ski. Last year, Allen Robinson's injury was a hiccup. This year, Trey Burton was their biggest pickup. Yeah, Ian, Ian. <laughs> these are hilarious. He said as fast as a jet ski. <laughs> John Fox was fired. Soldier battles. Field is admired. New coach is Matt Nagy. Jay Cutler's hair was shaggy. 5-11 and 11 was not enough. Doing better this year may be tough. The Bears traded for Khalil Mack, Brian Erlacher, Got his hair back. <laughs> Name three bears that were not mentioned. This is great. Or chug a beer. Three players on the bears that you didn't just mention. Yes. Oh, and I it got, doesn't have to be some. current players. I got what? Some. Oh, come on. Give him current. No, it could be players. Just, I was just thinking like bears in general. Oh, just from the past? That's easy. Anybody. Aww. I'll try and do current bears. Yeah, yeah, do that. Um... Charles Tillman, he's still there? I think he retired. Peanut Tillman. Who's the linebacker that just signed the rookie? Uh, oh, yeah, about? yeah. Roland Smith. Roquan, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. Yep. Um, their running back is... Damn, that's it. I, can't, I, can go, I can go like William Fridge, Lance Briggs, uh, you know, Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, Dicka was probably busy helping Schwartzkaff. Yeah, like that Al Mary. Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. Who's Jordan Howard? Running back. Bears. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Dude, Khalil Mack and that Roquan, Roquan Smith are going to be quite a tandem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're Bears defense. Dude, they may be a nice, funny. They'll be the next funny iteration you, of the Bears it's defense. It's funny that you asked that question. Because this is kind of it's going to give Eric a little bit of help on this one, is it? But yeah, see, I don't I don't feel confident in questions like that, so I hope it's not like that. Two quarterbacks were drafted before Deshaun Watson at the 2017 NFL Draft. Deshaun Watson is back, starting. The other two quarterbacks will also be starting for their respective teams this season. Who were the two quarterbacks selected? Before Deshaun Watson, um, I said him already. Jared Goff. That is incorrect. Really? Darn it! Um, 
All right. Do I still get a guess, or yeah, is yeah, that yeah, it? Yeah, you're good. Okay. A 2017 draft? 2017. Uh, Mitch Trubisky? Correct. Okay. And uh, Ian kind of perked up his ears there. You're surprised I knew that. I'm no, he gave you that, that one because he said the first <laughs> question was going to help you, you dickhead. Oh, that was over my head. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for taking that away from me. Sure. I was happy I got that, you yeah. jerk. Um, all right, Mitch Trubisky. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky. And then, hmm, hmm. He will be starting for the Kansas City Chiefs this season. Oh, let's just give him the answer. Oh, uh, we're not we're not playing for any money. Jake <laughs> we're just friends here. <laughs> Jake Mahomes. No. Oh my lord! See? Jake DeLoe. Jake. De- no, there's a Mahomes guy. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. You were Patrick thinking of what's his name? Yeah, but you didn't say. All right, that. I got him, man. I got you him. You are incorrect. Uh, you missed Jake DeLoe with Patrick Mahomes. I wasn't thinking of Patrick or Jake DeLoe, Jake dude. DeLone. I was thinking of a guy named no. Mahomes. He was thinking of Jake. Who he was? Oh my god! You will be awarded no points, <laughs> and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Simple, so simple. No would have sufficed. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. But all right, Ian, you're not going to get this one. All right, here we go. Uh, talking about a team again. Our coach feels the actual brotherly love of the Midwest that he missed in his previous coaching residence. Just, just listen to the words. <laughs> the hint is in the words. All right. Our coach feels the actual brotherly love of the Midwest. That he missed in his previous coaching residence. Who are we? Who's our team? Chris, you with me on this? Kind of. You guys are these very uh, tricky little riddles. Yes. Don't think too hard on this, Ian. Listen to the words. Listen to the Kansas words. City Chiefs. There you go. All right. Yeah, yeah man. That was good, right? That very was good. confusing. That wasn't confusing. This one's for Chris. Two truths and a lie. Josh Rosen will start on the bench this season. The Cardinals were 7-9 in 2017. Larry Fitz has played in 14 seasons and has 1,234 career receptions, totaling 15,545 yards. What was the first one? Josh Rosen will start on the bench this season. I, lo- I got That's lost. Correct. Um, I would say that the Cardinals were not 7-9. and nine. That is correct. They were eight and eight last season. Wow, they were eight and eight. Yeah, that's surprising. I like the Cardinals. Yeah, I like them as well. Big fan of Larry Fitzgerald as well. Right. Bruce Arians no longer there, right? Um, he's no longer. He's there. no longer there. I believe Kyle Shanahan is their head coach. I think so. Yeah. All right. Here's another. Here's another one for you. This team that we've yet to discuss won the Super Bowl in 2002 when they defeated the Oakland Raiders. Who was the starting? What's the team? Okay. And who was the starting quarterback and the leading receiver? Yeah. Whoa, that's a tough one. Two thousand two. Was it Tampa Bay Buccaneers? That is correct. What up? They defeated the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. And who was their starting quarterback and leading receiver? Keyshawn Johnson. Boom. Was the wide receiver. And then, um, dang, dude, I can like picture him. I wish you would have told me who the MVP is. Super Bowl MVP was uh, Brooks, the li- middle linebacker. Um, I remember it that. wasn't. It was. No, it wasn't. It, it was. 
Okay. He had an interception in return. He he was the Super Bowl MVP that game. All right. So who's the quarterback? Who's the quarterback? Uh, Give you a hint. He's white. Yeah, I know. He's like a and Matt Hasselback. And he shares that. the same last name as the leading receiver. Johnson. Chad Johnson. Mike. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Brad Johnson. That was a great Bucks team. I love that team. That really cool team. I really watched cool that Super team. Bowl at the Devans house. That's cool. That's a nice family, man. man. Yeah, really nice family. Next you fact-checking me on that? On no. Super Bowl? I don't have time for that. 2002 NFL Super Bowl MVP was Dexter Jackson. Yeah. I knew you were wrong. Who was Dexter Jackson? He was a safety. He uh, he also had a couple pick sixes. That's <laughs> <laughs> a dick. Yeah, I knew you were wrong. <laughs> All right, so he, this one's for Chris. <laughs> You're skipping me. I had one for you. Oh, did you? Go ahead. Yeah. Um... We may have just lost our superstar, but hey, at least we have Chucky. Raiders. <laughs> Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> That's a terrible one. You know, and Why is that terrible? It's it's good. Very easy. By the way, what are, you guys, <laughs> what are you guys' opinions on that trade of Khalil Mack? They get two first-rounders so, in return. And a fifth pick, I think, they, and a couple other picks in there. But yeah, two first-round draft picks. They, didn't have, they don't have enough money to pay their quarterback... And uh, Cleo Mack over a hundred million dollars each. So I mean, I get that he's a very impactful player, but if you can get some, if you can have someone give you eighty-five percent of what he's giving you, spread that money around to other skill position players, and then also you just got two additional first-round picks. So they got four first-round picks in the next two years. It just doesn't make sense to me because Derek Carr is ready to win, and his, you know, your lifespan of having a shot at winning the Super Bowl. With an elite quarterback is short. Yeah. So, like, why trade away one of your best players when the time to win is now? This was all contract to me. You yeah. this off season you had it. O O line, D tackle, wide receiver, now rush and slash linebacker get historical deals. He he was gonna get it. He was either gonna get it there or he was gonna get it somewhere else. All right. So he. So that was the big. Thing. I, to me, the Raiders the are gonna time. suck this year, though. No, I don't think they're gonna suck at all. They're not gonna win the Super Bowl. That. They I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl with Khalil Mack. I think they have a way but better shot. Where did Khalil Mack go to school? Anyone know? University of Buffalo when I was at Canisius. Oh, oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I mean, I get your point. I think, but I think if you're looking at it from Gruden's standpoint, he's had his like guaranteed like ten years contract, or I don't know how many years of guarantee, but he's gonna be there for a while. So for him, I mean, Carr's still young. So if you can acquire those first round picks, I mean, he's probably looking at you know. Yeah. Three four years from now, being like at the level they need to be. So I like it. Them. I like yeah. it. if you can't afford to pay someone, they were kind of in a lose lose situation. So to get two first round picks out of it, I think is pretty huge win for them. Yeah, yeah. Gruden's ten year ten hundred million dollar deal. Yeah, so he ain't going wow. nowhere. So he's trying to get some assets, yeah. build it, build the team he wants. Talk about a tough first test, you know, before yeah. you even hit the field. I know. Big yeah. personnel question. Yeah. So you ain't yeah. in the booth anymore, John. Those are, so those all the questions have been asked. We, uh, the, I got one. The five teams. I have one more. I got oh, one more. Beautiful. Bring it on. All right, this one's for Chris. Last season, the Falcons were 10-6. and six. Deion Sanders was known for quick picks. Matt Ryan is the all-time leading passer. Julio Jones is quite the gasser. But he dropped the ball on fourth and goal against the Eagles, who were on their way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> 
I just, I can't, how do you have this much time? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is some Dr. Seuss shit right here, man. My Go Atlanta ahead. cousins cried. They drafted Ridley, so roll tide. For the Falcons, it's a new year. Answer this question or chug a beer. Who created the dirty bird dance? The uh, player. Jamal Anderson. That is correct. I thought I may have had you. Oh, like, I love uh, I love the Dirty Bird. I've never seen it. What? When they were uh, back when they uh, went to the Super Bowl with um, who was their head coach at the time? I forget. You mean like in the ni- like ninety nine? Yeah, yeah. They like anytime he would score, they would do this like dance. And, like, okay. Atlanta would go crazy. Maybe I just didn't know the name of it. All right, so Aggie, you have one more. Yeah. Why don't um, you give it to Chris? Because I'm already winning. Why don't yeah. Why don't you guys like you know? Okay. Does it first, a little fast, fast hand, family food, feud style. Okay. Okay. So hands on the desks, please. Hands on the desks. All right. And then don't slap, don't slam the table. Just raise your hand. I Whoever you. raises their hand first will be able to answer the question. If you get it wrong, you'll have a chance to steal. All right. You ready? Yeah. A team speaking about themselves. No, we actually don't play at Qualcomm anymore. It's some place called Carson. Uh, that is the, uh, Rams. Incorrect. Chargers. Yeah! <laughs> I knew it was... Dude, I knew, it, I knew it was one of those blue and yellow West Coast teams. Chris, you hit it! I know. It slipped through your fingers, man. All right, Jets. Yeah. Well, great job there. I won because I win. I win. What do you mean you win? I had a hand just like that before. I didn't win. Because I win. This is bullshit! All right, take it easy, man. Every time, different cards. I got like all mine right. Do you think people found that enjoyable, or if they were like, they were probably it's probably one of those things like, geez, man, like, like it's just end already. Yeah. You know? It's just going on for a while. Yeah. What are they doing? They're just riding around, listening to us, sitting at their desk. But the questions were fun. They if were I were fun. listening to that, I would have been like, I, I think a lot of people were probably stumped by yours, honestly. They were by mine. Yeah. Did you find them difficult? You found them difficult. I found them Did difficult. you find them difficult? I just have sometimes a difficulty understanding what you're saying exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, Qualcomm. <laughs> I, was like, I wasn't exactly sure, but... <laughs> but <laughs> Guy's got marbles in his mouth. <laughs> Give me a break, would you? I'm from, I'm from and Pennsylvania. It's, and it's just tough to heat in here. It's just, you know, it's tough to think. I feel like I need to unrobe because these guys have lost their shirts. It's just, fucking just, just like it really is. Just, How hot is it outside? And it's humid as hell. It's yeah, started raining. I was walking around. No. All right, so I, we're doing a survivor league. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a survivor league, and uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna give us each three strikes because it's a long season. There's only three of us. Chances are we're gonna get a couple wrong. So let's get our first pick for the year. I'll go over some matchups that we have. You guys, have I don't, picks I don't like. Company? I don't think we get any strikes. I say we just. If you get if you get bounced, you're done. If there's only one of us left, we'll see how long that person can go. Not two strikes. That's no fun. All right, so two strikes. Let's fine. do two strikes. All, All right, give out, a, give out a participation medal too to whoever doesn't win. All right, two strikes. <laughs> <laughs> who is who are you guys taking? We got Falcons, Eagles. Obviously, Chris is picking Falcons. Well, I'm not, picking that, Falcons. That, I don't want them to be my survivor. I have my team. You don't have to read all the matchups. I'm picking the Ravens over the Bills. What up, Ravens? The Ravens over the Bills. That's a good one. Oh, here's are we allowed to duplicate or are we have to be just different? I feel like they should be different. 
But what? that's kind of fair because I picked first. You mean like right, the same so team we'll, that we'll he switch just up said? who picks first. Okay. All right. We'll switch up who picks first each time. So he just chose the Ravens. Who do you Bro, want? Bro, don't take mine. Who do you oh, okay. Want? Who do you want? I, I have the Saints over the Buccaneers. Saints over the Buccaneers? Yes. All right. That's a solid pick. That's a lock, baby. Lock and a half. I like that. Throw out the key. And I'm going... Ooh, that's a, that's, that's a, tri- that's a tricky one right there. Um, well, I don't want to eliminate myself right off the bat, so let's just give me the Vikings over the 49ers. Okay. Vikings over 49ers. So you're saying I'll Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have his first loss? First loss. He's going to taste the sweet... I don't know what else. Taste. Taste. Sweet nectar. <laughs> sweet nectar taste of loss. Sweet taste of loss. Any other matchups that you two are looking forward to? Um, I'm ready to see. I'm looking forward to Aaron Rodgers coming back. And now that he's going to be going up against Khalil Mack, uh, he's probably a little uh, nervous. But I always like seeing the great quarterbacks play. So excited to see him play. Um, looking at this. Um, I also am very interested in seeing uh, Jared Goff and the Rams play. Against the Raiders, yeah, that's a that's a. Yeah. I think the Rams have mo- the most talent, maybe in the NFL. I think so. Their too. team's pretty frightening. I'm very uh, nervous to see if they uh, ascend and become like a big uh, challenger for the Birds this year. It so I think Cowboys that. Panthers will be could interesting. Be. A lot of people are down on the Cowboys, yeah. But I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to have a better year than last year. Oh yeah. I agree. I was thinking the problem with the I can never. I was thinking about drafting him to, in tomorrow's night's fantasy draft that we have. Yep. Yep. But I just hate drafting players on teams in the NFC that you East. Hate. That I yeah, like like Saquon Barkley would be a great pick. But then every time he plays the Eagles, I'm gonna be like kind of rooting, kind of not rooting. You know, that's a that's a difficult thing with sports fantasy. No, when they play your team, you root against. Oh, them. of course. But sometimes you're like, oh, I hope it's like a 45 to 40 game. Yeah, true. You can still go for him. Yeah. But exciting stuff. Yeah, man. Football's back. Football's back. Football is back. Well, this is a very football-heavy podcast. Episode 50. Can you guys believe it? Yeah. It's wild. It's Hopefully, a, it's, uh, it's, we, good. Yeah, we, it's good. When we record next time, we'll have to see if the Phillies have uh, stopped their tailspin. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're down in Miami. They're down in Miami this week, and then they got Atlanta or something. Yeah. They end the season um, with a bunch of games against Atlanta that are going to be yeah. pretty important. To, if they're going to be able to clinch a playoff spot, it's going to be done against the Braves. They're going to have to win a bunch. Guys, a, a, a another shout-out to the work we've done um, at Villanova. The the guy knew that I ran a podcast, so I was asked to run the department's podcast. So they, were, so they were like, dude, you run a sweet podcast. You should run our podcast and make it sweet as well. So Are you going to do it? Do you accept their offer? I accept the offer, yeah. So I'll be now... Doing two podcasts, and what's the one is my alias as Eggy on this edgy, funny, silly, and then my other one is you know Eric. I was thinking about doing <laughs> theological that. reflection guy. I was thinking about once the NBA season starts back up, I might do a separate uh, podcast strictly fantasy, fantasy basketball for all the fantasy basketball nerds out there. Pretty much, it's just going to be me sitting up in my bedroom at. 1 a.m. as I'm finishing up my West Coast basketball games, rambling about who I sh- who you should pick up next week. I, you got a market. If you got a market, sell it. Get after it. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's called. So, what are you going to call yours? It's going to be called Late Night Ramblings. Cool. Late Night NBA Fantasy Ramblings. Yeah. 
Don't forget that. That's true. Ramble on with Chris White. Ours is called Theology. Shoot the J. <laughs> Ours is called Theology in Dialogue. God is real. Theology in Dialogue. Yes. I like it. Well, yeah. sounds like something to put on when you're going to sleep. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Dude, well, we, you know, hoping to get the cutting edge Catholic theologians on there. You know. <laughs> 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 well, Ian, what else is uh, on the uh, on the agenda? Nothing. All right, I have a sore throat and a hankering for a chicken Caesar salad. Interesting. You guys creamy. know of any places that has good chicken Caesar? Uh, Sweet Green. Oh, yeah, but if you go to Sweet Green, get the uh, Harvest Bowl. Harvest Bowl. Yeah, the Harvest Bowl is go there. to. When you come to my restaurant, never order the BLT. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great week. Thanks Thank for you. joining us. On the Bro Love Sports Podcast. We'll try and do better next time. Have you heard of the jam flow man's jam? Sick us in the quickest hands in the lane. Got that shit down real nice. He'll play his jam and he won't think twice. No, the jam flow man don't give a damn. Playing shows across the land. Rocking out with his band. Playing a fat old reggae jam. No, the jam flow man won't you make that sound. Ring my body, move all around. Twist it up and blaze it down. Pass it back and forth, spin it around and around. Jam flow all around, twist it up and blaze it down, pass it back and forth, spin around and around. The jam flow man, he started young, writing songs with the catches strum, first the blues, then with jazz, the jam flow man blew up real fast. Now the jam flow man, at the age of ten, was better at the guitar than most men. He was real good now, and he was real good then, playing in the cross, making a fortune. Oh, the jam flow man, which made that sound, bring my body, move all around, twist it up and blaze it down, pass it back and Back and forth, spin around and around. Jam flow man, like a real stiff drink. A big old bag and a split to think. Went to the bar every day at two. Was drunk by five and had a jam to do. But the jam flow man didn't give a damn. Pissed drunk on stage, he was still the main. Didn't ever know and killer never jam. Making everybody see him clap their hands. Now the jam flow man, picture made that sound. Make my body move all around. Twist it up and blaze it down. Pass it back and forth, spin around and around.
Busted up and blaze it down, bouncy back and must spin around and round. 